Welcome to Welcome to the Uncharted Territories. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 3, Episode 14 of Farscape. Infinite Possibilities, Part 1, Daedalus Demands. Jeez, that's a mouthful. Yeah. Okay, so before we start, I do want to get one thing out of the way. Mm Mm-hmm. The theme of this episode is that... The theme. The plot of this episode is that... The ancients who put the wormhole knowledge in John's head are upset because they think that John betrayed them, giving that wormhole knowledge away, and that's not what he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But the episode involves Furlow, who John met in the episode till the blood runs clear, and that's when she took all of his wormhole data. And that happened before we met the ancients. That happened before we met the ancients. So she's working just off of what John already knew, not off of anything that the ancients put into John's head. I just wanted to say that and then dismiss it because the theme of this episode of John being sad that he disappointed his space daddy is good enough that I'm going to let it go. Also, you know, the ancients have no way of knowing that, so it's okay. Also, I mean, they're telepathic or whatever, but... Yeah, but they can't, like go super deep and i mean what's really interesting here is that john was in fact right on the verge of cracking wormholes even without the ancient knowledge Hmm. which again i think goes back to the theme of him being sad that he's disappointed his space daddy because you know the power was in him all along but he feels like he's reliant on this alien who has taken the form of his father to literally like implant knowledge into his head and then shame him for what he does with it knowledge he can't access i have a lot of trouble with the ancients because a lot of what they do seems i'm trying to think of a more generous word than stupid we're going to give you knowledge you don't have access to but other people can access it by going into your brain and get it you're not allowed to give that information to anyone and you're not allowed to use it to help yourself so what's the point of it I know, right? It's like personal gain all over again. Except, at least in Charmed with personal gain, there's a brief window where something nice happens. This is just all of the downsides to personal gain with none of the upsides. That's going to be very confusing. Oh, to people who don't listen to our Charmed podcast, right. And or are not familiar with Charmed. Right, yeah, the the rule against using magic for personal gain. That's pretty self-explanatory, but it... If you use magic to benefit yourself in any way, it backfires on you immediately. But its application on the show Charmed is a little slapdash at best. Hmm. So, this thing with the Ancients is really similar to the Prime Directive in Star Trek. Hmm. In that the Prime Directive is that you can't interfere with any civilization that hasn't invented warp technology yet. That's the, like... Hard dividing line where once the civilization has invented warp technology, then you can talk to them and basically give them any tech they want. Hmm. But this is like the equivalent of giving all of the inventors in the world, like in, in this in this theoretical world that doesn't have warp technology yet, dreams about warp technology, like incepting it into their heads, but not actually giving it to them. And then being like, well, we can't contact them until they get it on their own. And... You know, why? Why even put it there? You, you, the ancients have no reason to want John to figure out wormholes. The only real answer is that this particular alien felt some sort of paternal affection for John after the episode Won't Get Fooled Again. Oh, I'm sorry, the episode Human Reaction, not Won't Get Fooled Again, Human Reaction. Yeah, except I don't buy that either, because again, having this knowledge in his head does nothing positive for John. It actively makes his life worse, because now people want to, you know, find him and crack open his skull and get all that juicy wormhole knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's just screwing John over for no reason, and then getting mad at him because your actions had consequences. You know what's interesting? I hadn't thought about this parallel until you, you put it in like that but this is a weird parallel to hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy have you actually read the whole trilogy by which i mean all five books no i read the first book okay so you do know the answer to the question of life the universe and everything is 42 yes 
And then the mice, computer, etc. Right, and that Earth was the computer that was built to determine that. Yes. And that the computer was the computer that is Earth was destroyed right before the answer was supposed to be generated. But perhaps one of the programs that was running in the computer, i.e., Arthur Dent, the last surviving Earth man, uh, has the answer in his head. So uh, John is basically Arthur Dent here, where they're like, "Well, just track him down and crack his head open, and maybe he will have the well." In in Arthur's case, the question. Wasn't wasn't the woman also from Earth? That's why I said man. Ah. Is there sexism there or No, no, it's just you you know, the the archaic phrase last man on Earth, or last man from Earth in this case, I would have normally changed it to person, and then at the last second I remember Trillion existed, so I kept it man to make it accurate. Oh, so the mice aren't interested in Trillion? Because I think they'd want to go for her. I mean she's also technically a program from Earth, right? Okay, so not to go off on a tangent. Hmm. A, I never really thought about that. I mean, they have Arthur there. They don't have Trillian at that point. And B, as you know, right? Um, or maybe not. It turns out that another species came and took over Earth and wiped out all of the the Neanderthals before they could evolve, which means that Arthur wasn't even a program that was made on Earth. I did not know that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yes. I am just saying that this particular plotline where John has this information that needs to be pulled out of his head, and also this whole, like, the ancients not wanting to contact this civilization, or rather not wanting this civilization to have this technology before they, like, prove themselves, is a classic sci-fi convention. Just saying. So Long tradition. Yeah, so this episode starts with so many previously ons. It reminds us that John gave what's-her-bucket... Uh, furlough. Furlough, the mechanic lady, all of his information about wormholes. It reminds us that the ancients implanted uh, technology, or the, you know, technology for wormholes in John's subconscious where he can't access it, but other people can. And it reminds us that John has a echo of chip scorpius and that he's got a and it reminds us about the chip yes he has a malevolent presence in his head that can threaten to take over at any time and at one point did kill Aaron. although she got better but you know in exchange sand died yes the previously on in this episode is one minute and 52 seconds and it's we again to mention our charm podcast we don't do uh time freezes in this episode where we talk about what really dates the episode but man this is an episode is from a time when they did not expect you to sit down and watch an entire season in one sitting Mm -hmm. they they do not trust that you remember or even know anything that happened now i'm gonna say this year and i'm gonna leave it in even if i turn out to be very wrong okay but i think that this podcast episode um will be one of our shorter episodes because it's so much action. Because there's so much action. So much happens in this episode, but most of it's action. So the episode opens with uh, ScarJo, <laughs> ScarJohn, and Aaron being super luffy-duffy, so you can tell everything's about to go to shit real fast. Yeah, they're, like, lying in bed post-coitus, and John is trying to teach her how to read English. I'd have to imagine the translator microbes would make that extra hard. Right? Because they probably work with visual stuff, too. Like, you you can read alien languages just... Yeah, um... I don't know, maybe you can suppress it if you try really hard? Yeah, um, I had told you before, off mic, when we were talking about the translator microbes, that there's going to be a character that we meet later who can't use them. And so we're kind of going to get a look at what they do and do not do. And... I'm going to, like, put a pin here in John teaching Aaron to read because I don't think this actually works with how we find out translator microbes work. I think you can't actually learn another language once you have them injected because they it just... Translates. It just translates. But um, I'm just going to, like, stick a pin in that for later. We've talked about this a lot. I find the idea of translator microbes really fascinating. And also, it's very bizarre what they do and do not cover. I think we talked about this in our discussion of the word Nimrod. Yes. And the degree to which they should cover pop culture stuff. But mm. Anyway, Aaron and John, their conversation reveals that John is feeling like a call from the ancient. He he feels like like his, his dad wants him to come home somewhere. And Aaron suspects it might be a trap, but John is like, no, I, I don't think so. I think... Uh, 
I, I think it's just actually what it feels like. It doesn't feel like Scorpius. It feels like the ancient. I do like the, I, I feel like this is the casual reveal that Aaron is aware of John's situation with Brain Scorpius. Mm, I know yeah. it's probably come up before, but I don't know. It seems kind of not very well established who does and does not know about Brain Scorpius and to what degree. Like, assuming that last episode actually happened and wasn't just a giant lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when Dargo learned about Brain Scorpius. Yeah. Which is weird, because it's the sort of thing you'd think more people would be aware of after the whole, you know, Chip Scorpius killing Aaron, which led to the death of Xan. Yeah, the, concealing Chip Scorpius after, or Brain Echo Scorpius, concealing neural neural god it's hard to say concealing neural. neural clone scorpius after chip scorpius killed Aaron is like hiding a zombie bite mm-hmm. yeah so i do like that it's casually revealed that Aaron does know about brain scorpius yes okay so uh john is getting up on Aaron in a way that i'm surprised they were able to put on tv mm. like he leans she's she's wearing underwear and a shirt and he like leans over her body and is like kissing her stomach and i'm just like I, I don't know. It's so intimate. It's... I, I was shocked. But he's distracted from the gorgeous Claudia Black by seeing a wormhole out the window. And not just any wormhole, the wormhole that leads to Earth. And we immediately, like, smash cut to Rigel being like, oh, fuck. John's gonna want to go through this fucking wormhole now. Grace's ponytail looks especially pointy this episode. It's like it's gelled straight out of his, the back of his head. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, as we were talking, um, when he was hunting down John, like, as he unraveled, so did his ponytail. I wonder if, uh, he's, he's super on a mission right now, and that's why it's very, very slicked back. So, John's dad pops out of the, uh, wormhole. Yeah. Uh, it's an ancient in the form of John's dad, but, you know, we're, we're not doing the whole cricket puppet thing for the whole episode, so. John's dad does a brain freeze thing to John. He, like, holds a hand up and John's encased in white light. And Well, he's, he's reading his mind because he needs, he needs to find out if John did something stupid. He's like, I thought you were smart enough to not give wormhole weapons to people who shouldn't have wormhole weapons. And if I was wrong, then I have to kill you. Cut to credits. I mean, little cart after the horse, right? Uh, closing the barn door after the horse has gotten out? Yeah. Yeah. Like... I... Yeah. But, I mean, look, all of the logical fallacies that we're pointing out in the Ancients' plans are not plot holes as much as they are logical fallacies that work if you think of the Ancients as a parent analogy. You know, you you gave him the knowledge and you sent him on his way. And now you're like, God damn it. I told you that I would be proud of you no matter what you did. But I didn't mean drop out of school and try to get your garage band going. And it's like, I'm not a kid anymore, dad. So John and the ancient are in John's brain space. It's weird because it's, it's the same way it was shot in a human reaction where it's kind of like, um, it's hard to look at because it's just fades over fades over fades. Yeah. But what it's actually really reminded me of as well is the sex scene with Zan. It, it looks a lot like Unity. Anyway, the, the ancient, John's dad, shows him a, an image of something that looks like John's module flying through a wormhole being piloted by an alien race that John is unfamiliar with. And this happened a third of a cycle ago when John's module was safely on Moya. So someone made another module. So the question is, John, who, who could have made a copy of your module and has the information that you have about wormholes? It's a mystery. It's furlough. It's obviously furlough. Yes. There's like Furlough's the one person it would make sense for it to be. Yeah, I mean, there's no way anyone watching this doesn't know that because... She was in the, uh... She was in the previously ons, exactly. Uh, so, 
John's like, wait, if you're telepathic, can't you just read my mind and find out who it is? Because a lot of stuff has happened to me. And the ancient's like, no, my telepathy only extends to the plot, you know, the place the plot allows. I can only go so deep into your head. And when we find out he can only go so deep into his head, we immediately cut to John and Brain Scorpius Harvey riding bumper cars at a carnival because I guess Brain Scorpius heard this as well and was like, oh good, my opportunity to tell John that the ancient absolutely cannot know I'm in here or he will kill us. Yeah. Yep, that's... Yeah. That's the situation. So... Oh, and he's also like, also, John, obviously Furlough did this. (laughs) He's like, I actually can see all of your brain stuff and... If you're not being overwhelmed by all the stuff that's going on with you and Aaron, all the stuff that's going on with you and Talon, and all the stuff that's going on now with you and Space Daddy, obviously it's furlough. So, yeah. Yeah. But don't tell him that or he'll kill both of us. If you give him too much information, we'll both die. Mm-hmm. And John Voigt's out of that and he's like, oh yeah, it's some lady called furlough. Because why would he trust Brain Scorpius? Well, but he's, he doesn't reveal that he has a brain Scorpius, so he mm. has he has that amount of self-preservation. Anyway, he pops out of it, and Aaron is like, oh my god, John, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, he just did the mind meld. And they're like, okay, we need to call you something other than Space Daddy. What's your name? He does one of those jokes where, you know, oh, I say something super complicated and alien, but then I'm like, no, but you can just call me basic Earth name. Oh, it's Jack, which I'm assuming is... Uh... Jack is John's father's name. Yes. Yeah. So John's a junior, then. He must be. God, that's the weirdest nicknaming thing. Jack for John. Is that the weirdest one? It's... Is it weirder than... It's not weirder than Dick for Richard. Or Buffy for Barbara. Yeah. All names are weird. <laughs> or or Abby for Mabel. Yes, or Abby for Mabel. <laughs> or... Tina for Antonina. I don't think that's a particularly common uh, nickname for that name. Yes, yes. And uh, yes, my full my full name is Antonina, which was my great-grandmother's name. And so a logical abbreviation would be like Tony or Nina, but my mother was convinced by, depending on when you ask her, either my godmother, a random nurse, or no one, to go with Tina instead of Nina. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, the alien tells us his name, which is 12 unpronounceable syllables, and then says, but you can call me Jack. Space Daddy. And Rigel, seen on the screen, the alien that was driving John's duplicate module, recognizes it as a Shared, a... uh, They're a warrior race that uh, his people had an encounter with. They eat babies. They're real bad news. God, this this universe is just drowning in warrior races. It's, everyone's a warrior race. He had to pull out a Zap Brannigan and send wave after wave of his own men until they got, you know, corpses clogging up all of their machines and they had to leave. Yeah, basically. Like, billions died after millions were eaten by these awful warrior creatures, which I, according to you, we're not going to see again after this. Uh... Yeah, to my memory, we never see them again. This is really just a, uh, they're, they're really just the bridge to get us back to the Scarens. Spoiler for the end of the episode. Poor Stark has nothing to do this episode. He's like, do you want me to give you a massage to make you feel better? And Rigel's like, no? Why would I want that? It is a Delvian massage, so, and reference to Zan. We yeah. get a bunch of Zan references. Well, especially in this episode, because we have to remember that Zan died because of Chip Scorpius. Hmm. So... Crace comes in immediately after. I guess I said spoiler alert, but I didn't need to, because Crace comes in right after and is like, oh, guess what? The Chareds are working with the Scarens. Yep, because turns out they're very good at killing, but they're also mega dumb, so. Mm-hmm. And uh, John, meanwhile, is having a conversation with Jack, who tells John that basically his people, the Ancients, they found a planet. They had wanted to go to Earth, but Earth was not a good idea because too hostile yeah we just cut up all the aliens who land on earth and but they found a place and essentially jack was uh left behind to uh 
make sh- like to watch their six to make sure that no one followed them to make sure no one else misused wormhole technology jack himself had to be sacrificed to protect the rest of his race he's basically like not to get too into christian theology mm. but he's like moses like he wandered in the desert for 40 years with the rest of his race but he he's never allowed to enter the promised land because he has to protect them I mean, Moses pissed off God, but this was because <laughs> this this was much more noble. Yeah, and he clearly has some affection for John because mm-hmm. John's like, "Can you be with your people?" And he's like, "It's not likely." Look, I I chose this path, and I'm I'm here to look out for you. It's why I'm your dad. And John's like, "It's better not be setting me up for you know." Yeah. Oh, this better not be some more. Uh... Some more mind fuck. Some more mind fuckery. Mm. So they get to the planet, Furlough's planet, and it has been completely wiped clear of life. And if you don't remember from back in the episode Till the Blood Runs Clear, that was the planet where the sun was so bright that everybody had to wear special goggles. Mm-hmm. And, oh, by the way, goggle upgrade. They uh, The goggles that they wear on the planet in this episode look a lot cooler than the ones they wore. They're a lot less bulky and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not in a way where it's like, where it feels like a retcon, more in a way where it feels like they have more money this time. So they have nicer goggles. So it's like in-universe, they have more money. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the sun was so bright and there were all those solar flares that were messing with the wormholes. That's why John wanted to do all that stuff in the first place with them. So, yep, they're going to go down to the planet and try to figure out what's going on since everybody's been wiped out. And on the way down, John and Aaron have a conversation where Aaron's like, so uh, if you figure out how to get back to Earth, and he's like, you know what? I don't want to go back to Earth if you don't come with me. And she's like, yeah, you know, I don't want to not be with you either. So, yeah. Yeah. Which, uh... Yeah, it's it's nice. I get the impression that John thinks that they're both going to go to Earth together and that maybe that's something Aaron's okay with. I don't know. This feels like the sort of thing where they might need to have a discussion a little further down the line, but they both do seem to think that they're going to Earth, but they're feeling each other out on that front. It's like they're both so afraid of being rejected. Even after everything they've gone through to be together, they're so afraid of being rejected that they uh, won't seriously dig into what's going to happen but also i mean john's probably on some level afraid of jinxing getting back home yeah because he's like you know if i went back to earth it'd be okay if you you know came with me and Aaron's like well i might be open to you know going with you back to earth if it's okay with you It's, (laughs) it's very sweet it's very kind of real life awkward last episode i mentioned that the subtitles on Amazon Prime, subtitled Dargo as Ka, which, yes, is technically his first name. And so I want to add, they also subtitle Krace as Bylar, which, again, yes, is his first name. But what is happening over there? What is happening over there that whoever's doing the subtitles both knows what Krace's first name is, but not that that's probably not the most logical way to refer to him? If anyone works at Amazon Prime and knows what's going on over there, please let me know. I am so curious. So they go down to the planet where it is super, super bright. It's so bright that everyone's wearing shades. The planet's so bright, they gotta wear shades. Yes, absolutely. Um, Fun fact, this is actually the opposite of a fun fact. Mm Mm-hmm. But all of the sets had been dismantled, so they had to totally rebuild this planetary set. That's kind of a bummer, especially... They, they could have half to it more since everything's supposed to be all destroyed. Right? Huh. Anyway, they're going to go to Furlough's shop, and when they get there, there's all sorts of uh, artillery preventing them from getting in. It's been booby-trapped. Hmm. Which... Makes sense. Yep dangerous dangerous place to live so Chris almost immediately gets blinded like yeah yeah they're they're dodging the mortars and stuff and Chris's protective goggles get blown off or whatever well no no, no it's not Chris uh the reason Chris is blinded is because a solar flare blo- 
Blind's Talon. Oh, right, and they're psychically connected. Yeah, so Crace is now blinded because Talon is blinded. Again, this feels... And Talon's biological, so any design flaws are fine because Lord knows the human body has a share of design flaws, but mm-hmm. man, that seems like a design flaw. Yeah. Anyway, a bunch of those um, those alien creatures pop out and and there's a firefight, except Crace is completely useless, so they're like, Crace, stay out of it. And Crace is trying to like get Talon to, to stay away from the solar flares, too. Like, communicate with him, even though he's down on the planet now. But, you know, they're they're in communication through the probe in, in Crace's neck. I do like how Aaron's like, hey, Crace, you're going to be super useless since you can't see. So why don't you go back to the ship and have, like, a comedic subplot where Stark babysits you? And Crace is like, no, I don't want to have a comedic Stark subplot. They're always the worst. And Aaron's like, oh, yeah, well. It happens to all of us eventually. <laughs> they also pull out the the thing in Crace's neck to cut him off from Talon. Um, but, but it's too late by then. It's too late, right? What? Why? So, John, Jack, and Aaron make it into Furlow's living room, I guess. Uh, but it's it's just John and Aaron. Jack is still on the transport, and. Uh, he and Stark are trying to take care of Crace, who's been sent back to the transport to have his comedic plot. Mm. So, God, there's just so much shooting. It's so much shooting. I it yeah. It there's such an extended action sequence. Until we were talking about it, I did not realize how incredibly extended this action sequence is. But yeah, uh, there's an extended action sequence until they finally find Furlough in the basement, and she's chained up, and she's like, Ah, oh, John. My favorite flyboy, here to rescue me. God, I love Furlough. I wish that she was, I, I'm getting the impression she doesn't become a reoccurring member of the cast. No, no, she should have joined, she should have joined the Farscape crew. She should have, you know, gotten on Moya. And she tells, she's like, hey, John, cut me down and I'll help you murder all of the people who took my business over. And he's like, eh, okay. She immediately, she's got a giant wrench. I mean, she did last episode too, but she just like whacks one of the guys with a giant wrench. So they kill all of the invading aliens except for one, and he's like, oh, I'm going to insert, you know, threats of an inappropriate nature, you, and I'm going to eat your children, and I'm going to vomit, you know, over your house or whatever. Like, he, he has this whole speech about how his people will never stop until they're all extra gruesomely murdered to death. And Furlow's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You're impaled, so shut up. <laughs> yeah, Furlow's like, can I just kill him? And John's like, no, we need to, like, interrogate him. So Aaron leads him off while John is like, hey, uh, why did you copy my module after you stole all my data? And Furlow's like, oh my god, that was, like, two seasons ago. Are you still mad about that? And, like... I did it because it's a service a lot of people will pay a lot of money for, John. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Like, I mastered wormhole technology. Like, nuts to you. I took the knowledge that you had two seasons ago and created a perfectly functional way of traveling through wormholes. I go through wormholes all the time just for fun now. Like, and I never have to worry about melting into goo like that lady in that other episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, she hired this, uh, this charred race to be bodyguards, and they were like, wait, you have wormhole technology? And they... Immediately turned on her. Yeah. Yeah. So, Crace, you will recall, is blinded. He is out of contact with Talon. Talon is out there somewhere freaking out because Talon can't communicate with anyone. And... So, Crace is like, I need to get back to him, and Stark is like, let me be your eye! Eye! Because Stark only has one eye. Because half of his face is a star that he has to wear a metal, like, shield over. Yep. And back on the planet, John's like, hey, Furlow, remember when I was like, I need to study the solar flares, and you were like, too bad, they only happen every five years? And she's like, yeah, I lied to get you off the planet. Yeah. God, I love- I'm with you. I wish we had more of her, but I'm just going to enjoy what we have. <laughs> so, Furlough is immediately suspicious of Jack. Jack is with the rest of them now. And uh, Furlough's like, mm, no, don't trust him. Don't trust him. 
and Aaron's like, we saved your life. We killed all of the people who took over your shop. You owe us some trust. And Frollo's like, eh. Also, we have all the guns. Yes. Also, we could easily shoot you. And Frollo's like, eh. So, yeah, the more comedic Krace. Stark stuff. They're, you know, flying. There's a solar flare. Krace is trying to pilot the transport pod. Although, I mean, this part isn't really comedic as much as it is just, like... A waste of time. They had to give the other front-credited character something to do. God. <laughs> so, Frollo asks John what Jack's deal is. She's like, look, I don't know what this guy's deal is. Do you, do you know what's going on with him? And he's like, well, he's part of this race called the Ancients, and they're, you know, they have wormhole technology too, but they want to make sure it doesn't fall into the wrong hands, like yours, and she's like... And she walks away, and Aaron sidles up to John and says, maybe someone needs to be tied up again. And John is like, oh my god, do you think we have time? And Aaron's like, no, Frollo! (laughs) Frollo needs to be tied back up! I love them as a couple. I love how, like, casually horny they are all the time. So, Rigel is questioning the Charad, and whenever Rigel has the upper hand for somebody that he feels has wronged him, like he did with Durka, he just becomes uh, the imperialist torture guy that he presumably was on his planet, causing his his cousin to overthrow him. Mm. Yeah, because... The chariot's like, yeah, whatever, stupid fish guy. We killed so many of your people, it was, like, no big deal. And Raj is like, ah, yeah, you did, using this torture weapon, right? This one that's, you know, especially made to be extra tortury on anyone, even your own people. And the guy's like, oh, no. Well, he tells Rigel, he's like, you won't kill me because the others want me alive. And Rigel's like, ah, what you're not taking into account is that I never do what they want. And they haven't airlocked me yet, so I don't (laughs) give a fuck. Yeah, I'm actively the worst. I impede people all the time and there are never consequences for me. Meanwhile, Jack is interrogating Furlo about who she has sold this technology to. And she's like... Well, no one yet. It's super expensive. And he's like, so you're just going to sell it to anyone, even if they're, like, Scarens. And she's like, yeah. And Jack's like, I, I I, don't even know what to say to you. Because he, presumably, the ancients are not a capitalistic society. So he's, like, just completely confused by her nonchalance at giving this weapon to, to someone. And, in fact, she's like, well, I'll just, she's got a very libertarian idea of, well, we'll just give it to the Scarens, and then we'll also sell it to the Peacekeepers, and then we'll also sell it to the Nabari, and then they can all fight each other, and it's mutually assured destruction. It only sucks for everyone else in the universe. (laughs) Yeah. Also, all the people who are, you know, just regular citizens of those various races. Yeah. So, Aaron walks into the back room and sees Rigel torturing the guy to death and she's like oh my god rigel why do we ever leave you alone why do they ever leave him alone why did they bring him i mean i guess because they don't want to risk him flying oh my there is really not a good reason to just you know not drop him off at like a pleasure planet or something and just leave him there although i do like this where uh, so that the chariots are coming now they're they're flying to the planet and apparently the armada that's coming is twice the size of a command carrier. And Aaron's like, guess what? You want to kill charts? Now you have to. You and me. We're going to go defend this base. Yep. And meanwhile, while, uh, while Aaron and Rigel mm-hmm. are holding the line, John and Jack are going to destroy the information so that it doesn't fall into the wrong hands. So... Stark is leading Krace down a hallway, and Krace is like, oh my god, you're so useless, just let me do it myself. And Stark's like, okay. And he lets Krace go, and Krace immediately walks into a wall. And Stark's like, now do you want my help? Krace is, like, calling out to Talon, because his communication's been removed, but Talon presumably can still hear what's happening inside of him. Hmm. And he's like, if you can hear me, hear, you need to fly to this in this direction, and you need to turn like this, and yeah. <laughs> Uh, back on the planet, Aaron is getting Rigel situated inside of a cannon, and he's like, I am a 
king. I'm a dominar. We don't fight. We, like, send other people to fight. He tells the story of a dominar who was on the front lines, and Aaron's like, okay, I don't get how your people work. Was he, like, a hero, or did he suck for doing that? And Rigel's like, no, he sucked for doing that. People thought he was a fool because kings don't go on the front lines. You tell people who to kill, and then they kill them for you. That's the fun thing about being a king. And so Aaron asks if the army that was sacrificed to repel them back on his planet, if they were conscripted or if they were a volunteer force. And he's like, why? And she's like, I just want to know if any Hynerian anywhere has any sort of honor. And that seems to shame him enough that he's going to start... Kind of helping. Yeah. So John and Jack... Back in the back in the hangar, are talking about how incredibly destructive the wormhole weapon could be, and how it can't possibly be allowed to fall into the wrong hands. And Frollo is just like rolling her eyes. She's like, blah blah blah, whatever, infinite destruction, whatever. So she pulls out a weapon, and she's like, "Look, I'm not gonna let you destroy all of my work just because me mere morals." And then Jack's like, "Oh yeah." What if I used brain magic on you? Which, you know, is pretty effective. Well, he, he, I know you were like, they don't want to do the cricket alien puppet the whole episode, but he morphs from himself into the cricket alien. And this seems to, like, cow furlough. Like, she clearly recognizes him as as the ancient that he is and, like, the powerful alien race that he is. And she's like, oh, fuck. I just killed John Wick's dog. Yeah. So he's like, look, I'm beyond you. I know what's best. Put your weapon down. And Frollo's like, fine. Fine. Also, like, you can't kill him because his body doesn't really exist. Yeah. It's like made up of, I don't know. Thought. Thought. So, uh, Fur- Furlough's kind of mad at John. She's like, why didn't you tell me it was a higher being? And and John's like, I thought I told you he was a higher being. And she's like, well, you should have told me better. Yeah, she's like, we could have short-circuited a lot of conversation if you had just told me that I didn't really have a choice because he's super powerful, not I didn't have a choice because you wouldn't let me. So, Aaron is placing her explosives around on, because Jack told her to, um, around where all of the technology is so that they can blow it up. And Furlow is so sad, which I totally get. She's like, wait, what if we just, what if we just kill the alien invaders, but, but then we keep the technology because it's technology! Only sell it to peaceful races. And John's like, well, then the peaceful races will get captured by the peacekeepers or the Scarens or whoever, and they'll get tortured and... Then everyone will have it, so the technology just can't exist. And Frollo's like, two years of my life down the toilet. Also, while they're doing this, somebody is hacking into Furlow's computer, she notices. She's like, oh my god, now they're in my computer! And Aaron just shoots it. Aaron's like, oh my god. Aaron's like, this is the way I do tech support. Take that, the cloud! (laughs) I mean, I guess that still needs servers somewhere, so... I mean, that is the server, right? Yeah. And Furlow says, you know... Chards are not hackers, so that had to have been the Scarens. So... So presumably the Scarens have some information now, but they don't have everything they need because some of it is stuff that only Furlow knows. Mm-hmm. So, mm, I'm like, Furlow is kind of treating this like an advantage, I guess, because she's assuming that John and Jack and Aaron won't just kill her. I know, I mean, she's right, because they're the good guys, but... Man, yeah, this technology that you don't want anyone to have, I'm the only one who has it in my brain. That's that's not the negotiating position you think it is. Well, her and Aaron. Yeah, I'm sorry, her and John, to be fair. But, yeah. Although I mean, the, ish. Does John still have yeah, it, really? he still has it. I thought that the chip might have taken it, like, out. Nope, nope, he still has it. So, Jack is going to do something that he says the... Uh, the ancients would not approve of. They're going to fly John's module through a wormhole and try to get this stuff back from the Scarens. But this means that he needs John to do the uh, the modifications because this 
module technology is just too primitive for Jack to understand. That's that's the problem. John is as annoyed as you are that Jack wouldn't just tell him how to get wormholes. Yeah, John's like, look, it really feels like we're doing the roundabout thing to accomplish literally anything when you could just, you know, tell me stuff. And Jack's like, well, you know, that's not the way the world works. And John's like, that's not really a satisfying answer. And Jack's like, eh. Jack's like, parents don't just give you the knowledge. They try to lead you to the right answer. But now we're in an emergency. So here's what you need to do. You know, John never really comments on how emotionally manipulative it is that Jack has taken the form and name of his dad. That's true. I think that's because he wants to let himself feel on some level like it is his dad. Mm. So, John feels sufficiently guilty due to, you know, the whole... I can't help you, but I want to help you, but I want to help you help yourself thing. He's like, wow, that reminds me of my dad enough to confess to you that I've got an evil alternate intelligence living in my brain that has access to the same information I have. And Jack's like, oh, and also, and also there was a chip in there at some point and Scorpius got all the wormhole technology. Yeah. And Jack's like, well, that's not good. (laughs) Jack's like, I can't believe you're bringing this up right now when we have so much to do before the dreadnought gets here but oh my god okay so we're gonna do a little quick psychic therapy to do, to psychically destroy the version of scorpius in your brain so that you don't flip the evil switch and start killing us you know also also he can't help john realize how to put together the module well the neural clone is in there because then it will know how to do it too hmm. although i don't know where it's gonna go yeah it's not on a chip. Really, I feel like they don't need to do this right now. This could have waited. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. The Dreadnought shows up, the enemies are upon us, and John is knocked unconscious. Yeah, so... Scorpius shows up and he's like... They're, they're at Coney Island. Although, uh, we never actually see Coney fully written out. It's always being blocked by, at least partially blocked by someone's head. I'm assuming for legal reasons. Um, possibly. They didn't actually shoot this at Coney Island, so that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, John, uh, Scorpius has dragged John, who is now unconscious, into this theme park. And he's like, hey, hey, you can't get rid of me. And John's like, yes, I can. And. Brain Scorpius is like, we've been we've been over this so many times. I'm a part of your brain now. Killing me would be bad because it's bad to destroy parts of your brain, especially considering how many parts of your brain you've already destroyed. And John's like, yeah, I don't, you know, not buying it anymore. Also, I mean, Harvey, Chip Scorpius, or, or Clone Scorpius, does bring up that he has saved John's life on multiple occasions, and that is true. Although, I mean, he only did that because... If John dies, he dies, but... Yeah, he, still. It, it, he still needed that information. So, uh, John regains consciousness, and he's like, Hey, Aaron, uh, I need to get rid of Harvey, Brain Scorpius. And Aaron's like, yeah, probably. And he's like, so I'm going to do some, like, psychic surgery thing with Jack. And Aaron's like, can I help? Or... And he's like, nah, nah. I, I, I like that she's like, like... She's like, well, connect us and I'll, like, give him support. And and Jack says, John already has your strength. And John says, I need you to be out here in the real world while I'm doing this in case I need you to be here. And what is unspoken is, I need you to shoot me if this doesn't work. Hmm. So Rigel, meanwhile, has started killing things with the cannon. And he is like, oh, right, killing things is fun. Because... That's kind of who Rigel is. Yeah, he is a complete monster. So, yeah. Furlough gives John kind of a little warning thing before she's like, hey, be careful. You can't really trust this guy just because he looks like your dad. I mean, it's really great because she's like, wow, he's so powerful. Imagine if he was on our side. And John says he is on our side. And Furlough's like, okay, whatever you say. And then we, we, we have to hop back to Talon for a second, where Talon is just not dealing at all with the solar flares, and Grace can't see, and 
Stark is trying to keep Krace calm so that Krace can calm down Talon and all Grace, that good stuff. Krace is like, I can feel you trying to guide me into death. I need you to stop that. <laughs> yeah, that's, I guess, yes. He's like, how about you go to the control panel instead? I mean, I wouldn't be totally shocked if Stark was taking this opportunity here. He has some very, very good reasons to, you know. Yeah, I mean, his main beef, though, isn't with Crace. Uh, it's with Scorpius. Yeah. I mean, just nudge him a little bit to death. So Aaron, Aaron is on the comm with Stark, and she's like, hey, uh, there's a whole army attacking us. Is Crace in fighting condition? And we, we get a close-up on Crace's face to see that he is absolutely not in fighting condition. Nope. Nope. We get some shots of uh, Aaron and and Rigel fighting off the the bad guys. And Rigel references the emperor who went to the front line, the dominar who went to the front line. He's like, you know what? I get why he does it now. Murder is fun. And murdering a lot of people at once is super fun. And Aaron's like... Especially from the relative safety of this cannon. Hmm. And Aaron's like, you know what? Whatever. Whatever gets you actively helping us. Fine. Yeah. She's like, you keep killing people. I'm going to go deal with my boyfriend. Because he's going to try to get the... He's going to try to get the evil BDSM alien echo out of his head. I like to think that that's how Rigel finds out about this. Right? And I mean, I was joking. Aaron doesn't actually say that to him. So it would be funny if Rigel's just still completely not knowing what's happening here. So... Aaron gives John a kiss for good luck and also possibly goodbye. Mm. And then Jack, you know, is like, hey, hope seeing your dad immediately after that didn't, you know, mess with you psychosexually. (laughs) Now we're going to do like the opposite of unity. I'm going to go in your head and pull something out. And we cut to John in his head on a roller coaster with Harvey. And he's telling Harvey, like, look. I'm going to kill you. This is the end of the road for us. And Harvey's like, no, don't. Harvey's very much playing up. He's like, you need to have mercy on me. We need to exist together. We need each other. There's no you without me. And John's like, no, no, I'm just going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. This is this is the end for you. And uh, he mentally messes with the roller coaster so that uh, Harvey is dangling from it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a lot of uh, roller coaster POV shots, which I love because I love roller coasters. Mm. And I do like that he points out, like he's like, obviously you're going. I'm going to kill you. You killed Aaron, and and Scorpius is like, it didn't stick. And John's like, yeah, Kazan sacrificed her life. Oh, oh no, you killed my best friend instead of my girlfriend. <laughs> right? Oh, that's interesting. I didn't think of Zan as his best friend, but she really was. So John's kind of convulsing and stuff, you know in the real, in the meat world, and Aaron's like, is it going okay? And Jack's Yeah, Aaron's like, like, this doesn't look good. Jack's like, it's psychic surgery. It's not going to be pretty. Yeah, yeah. He's like, have you have you ever watched a knee surgery? It doesn't look good during the surgery part. So, yeah, now now Harvey is, like, dangling from the, the frame of the roller coaster, and he and John are, like, having it out with their faces very close to each other. Yeah, and John's like, I'm going to drop you, and... Harvey's like, no, and he just climbs up. John, he's like, yeah. See, before I was giving you a chance to, you know, save yourself, but wah wah, you didn't do it. Scorpius is like, don't drop me. We've already blown our CGI budget. Do you know how ridiculous we're gonna look flailing in front of a green screen where somebody projects the wormhole? Yeah, it's it's pretty silly. I mean, there's a lot happening in these. You know, in these upcoming three episodes, so I don't blame them for cutting the corner there. But man, man, were some corners cut. I mean, th- this uh, this episode is a lot of action scene. I have to imagine it was pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the scene where uh, Jack transforms into the ancient that was really well done. So I I feel like that's that's part of where they blew their CGI budget. Anyway, Rigel gets hit with a piece of shrapnel, and he's definitely totally dead now. And uh, John's convulsing on the floor, so Aaron gives him mouth-to-mouth because that's how you stop a psychic seizure or whatever. Okay, yes, I know. But remember that in season one, he taught Aaron how to do CPR because that was the way to bring a human back to life. Yeah. And uh, 
she's like, oh no, as Cher said, it's in his kiss, and this isn't John, it's Scorpius, and, you know, where's John, and Scorpius is like, Scorpius in John's body is like, yeah, he's gone, it's all Scorpius now. Yep, there's no Dana, only Zool. Scorpius is gonna scorp. To be continued. As a single beautiful tear runs down Aaron's face. Okay, but that's important. Aaron is crying. Like, I, there's so much character growth for Aaron in this series. I just, I just really love it. This must be the emotion you humans know as blood. That emotion that you're feeling? (laughs) That's what humans call feelings. Anyway, the next episode is going to be part two, Icarus Abides. Mm. And the description of that episode is, With a blinded Talon and Crace under attack by a Scarin, the other's only chance of survival is to complete the ultimate weapon. Okay. I really enjoyed this episode. I, 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 a lot of it is just action scene, but there was some good stuff in between the action scenes. So, um, as we've been going through this show episode by episode... I have, for the first time, noticed how much filler there is in Farscape. And and some of the filler is really great, and I love it, like last week's episode. Mm. But... I mean, the Crace Stark stuff was just so... It felt pointless. Oh, I meant episodes that are fillers. Oh, yeah. Also that. But this episode, in, in whole, like, taking this episode as a whole, this is, like, what I think of when I think of Farscape. There's so much going on. There's so many plots happening. There's... Like, thematically, it's so powerful. I just, I, I feel like this is a, I wouldn't say top tier because nothing about it, there, there are no, like, really key moments in this episode that I go back to again and again in my head, hmm. but, like, just one below top tier. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, since this is a multiple parter, should we save our segments for when we are done with the whole Yeah, we should probably arc? save our... Yeah, we should probably save our segments to talk about all of the episodes as a whole. Although, uh, spoiler, I think my looking for a way home might be John and Aaron. Just, just throwing that out there. You know, for a change. Yes, yes, for a change. All right. So, uh, I believe that'll about do it for this week. Yeah, I think that's gonna do it for this week. Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of our supporters, you should go over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Maricruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, and Dan. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or any episode of any television show, you should join our Facebook group, Welcome to Television. We can also be contacted at... I love TV zines on Twitter or at I love television zines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to the Uncharted Territories. <laughs>